Chill with the Jewish man, Petey Green, 591 Fest. Tune to another Black Cox Matter podcast. You know, the podcast where I bear my soul and I let everything out there. Today's title is going to be, I wasn't good enough. And when you see that and you read it, you're like, what do you mean you wasn't good enough? It's not necessarily meaning I wasn't good enough as a person or I wasn't good enough as an idea. I couldn't necessarily figure out how to get from point A to point B. I mean, I'm suffering through a loss of words, a loss of anger, a loss of hope because I'm not good enough to stop and fix all the things I need to fix. I mask them because it's easy for me to do them that way. Like, I express myself to people because I tell people, like, you should never have nothing that you want to say to anybody because the most important people in my life I still had conversations I wanted to have with them, but it's always going to be like that. But I felt like I left something on the table. Well, my wife, I couldn't get her to understand that she was my hero. And I was going to roll with her no matter what. She felt like me doing things for her was a burden because, dude, anybody that know me know I like to entertain. But I like to entertain my family more than anything. I like to come home, crack jokes, make people laugh, make people smile that I care about because life is a bitch as it is. So when you're getting your ass kicked consistently, I like to put that smile on your face. Now, due to the fact that they like it, they see it, people tend to like thinking that I want to entertain when I just want to entertain them. It's kind of like my namesake, Pete Green. If you watch the movie, talk to me. His homie who started BET, Ben Johnson or whatever, Bob Johnson, wanted so much more from him because he saw the talents that he had, but all he wanted to do was be content and doing the little things that he did. And that's kind of like how I am. I didn't want a bigger stage. I didn't want a bigger audience. I just wanted to be able to enjoy the time that I had with my wife because I knew it was limited. I could see the the way her body was falling apart. I could see the way things was happening. And um, I fought real hard to get her to see the things that I saw in her. But at the same time, she fought real hard to get, get me to see the things that she saw in me. She felt like the talent that I had was being wasted doing the things I was doing because it was so damn entertaining to her. Which now I understand I get the grips of. But at the same time, it left the door open because she felt like she was holding me back and I was doing too much. She couldn't contribute to help me push my dreams. Because everything I was doing, I was working at a place that helped us move out here. Because she didn't want to move out here at first. She did, but she didn't. She was afraid of leaving Wisconsin because she thought leaving Wisconsin was leaving behind a lot of people that we had connections to. That she felt obligated to help. Another one of my traits that we had in common. But those obligations weren't really obligations. They were more of a false commitment of friendship based off of the fact that we did it out of love and they did it out of survival and necessity. Meaning that they only came around because they needed something. And slowly that beat her up because she started to realize that and it pissed me off because I saw her in her pain she was in but she was still willing to give out that, that arm that reached to help people even in the positions that we couldn't. Like every time somebody came out here and asked for help it was in a transition of something that like I lose my job. She has something happened to her. And we'll be like two weeks away from being straight. 
But that two weeks they was out here, it's like, damn, niggas, y'all broke. Y'all live in an RV. Y'all doing all this other shit. But any other time, we'd be good and wouldn't nobody bother us. That began to irk me because so many people leaned on her. So many people wanted to take pieces of her. We never went inside each other's uh, phones, Facebook, or anything like that. So when she died and I looked at some of her stuff, because we kept each other passcodes, it was no big deal. Didn't care. It hurt to see, like, my daughter talking about wanting to commit suicide because her biological father was being a dick. Or seeing the struggles that my niece was going through because she felt lonely and lost. Or seeing my seeing her pray to her sisters, which my sisters too, I don't care. Y'all can hate me all y'all want. Um, to show up and show her some love. Just take a picture with her. And it was always an excuse, but every which way you can go, they went. I mean, our lives, a lot of people thought were fairy tales. Like, they thought it was something that came easy to us because we always seemed to get what they wanted without a fight. Because it was genuine. People actually wanted to be attracted and come around us. So now, because of this, I waste no time. It might come off cheesy. I tell you, I love you for love you. I know I get on Tasha nerves left and right because I tell her my feelings and shit. Because this is a person I truly want to get to know and get to be around. And I don't want no misconceptions. Like, for my kids, I love y'all to death, man. I can never really be mad at y'all. It was anger, pity, strife that led to our arguments and our fights. And it was all because we lost somebody that was so important that it was almost like we, we lost our son. That we gravitated around. So we took it out on each other. And part of me being me was I never gave a fuck about defending my family. So now I find myself defending my, myself for my family. And it was weird because I didn't see why I had to. Everybody got their opportunity to lash out and be mad and be angry about something. But I couldn't. I had to keep a cool booty because if I did, it was worse. I stood on it, shit. There was times that motherfuckers was dead wrong and I stood on it. Because y'all wanted to be stood on. And because of that road, that fear was there. And I never wanted y'all to fear me. That hurts me more than anything. Like, that y'all think that I would do harm to me. And by me, I mean y'all. I just wanted to be left alone. I just want to be able to grow and, like, actually process what's going on right now. I understand where my wife is coming from because she watched her mother suffer for years and years and years. And with me having to take her and do things like that, people say I, um, I was more like a caretaker. No, I was a husband. That's what husbands do. I was a friend. That's what friends do. If you're truly involved in somebody's life, when they're down at their lowest, you do everything you can to help them support them mentally and physically. That's how I was raised. Even though those words was never said because we didn't use words like I love you, we came at each other in different ways that showed that we gave you that attention and that affection. Which, in a way, was good, but in a way, was bad. And I'm sorry that I taught that shit to my kids because now when you talk to them or you talk to anybody, everybody's so jaded because they've been filled with so much bullshit up their ass that you can't even tell them you love them or tell them how you feel without them, excuse me, without them thinking that you're trying to con on them. But those that know me, man, y'all know my con game is strong. So the petty playing on your emotions and trying to succeed with that shit, that's not me. I'm a little bit more complicated than that. I was raised in an environment that was dog-eat-dog world, and it was all happened at once. It was a 
middle class city that all of a sudden fell apart. And because once it fell apart, you noticed the segregation even more. You saw the pain, you saw the strife, and everybody started to feel it. I mean, you talked about America as a third-person party. You talked about the city as a third-person party. You talked about white people in two different ways. It was the white people that you was cool with, meaning the ordinary people. Then it was the man. But you didn't use the word the man because you didn't understand that's who you was talking about. So a lot of people tend to get our conversations hell if I confused. I'm a mixed mutt, man. I'm a person who has so many ethnicities in them. I don't hate one race. I couldn't do that. Do I dislike people? Yeah, I do. But I'm learning that I got to learn how to forgive. And the first person I got to forgive is myself because I feel like I let so many people down. I carry a burden that necessarily might not be my burden to bear, but I feel like it should be because that's the role I always played. It's all I ever know. I've always been that dude. If you got a problem, come holler at me. I'll fix it. We'll work our way around it. It might not have been like how you want to do it. And I might not have been as in touch with my feelings as I am now because I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't care what you perceive me to be to a certain extent. I just don't like being lied on. I don't like the emptiness feelings of being alone. And that's my biggest fear now is to reach out and ask somebody for help because... And not getting help hurts me like a motherfucker Because it's like damn how much did I gotta give back And it's kind of selfish to think like that Right now It's turbulent for me Because I'm facing things that I've never faced before Not in the way I had to face them I'm fighting a fight that Seems hopeless because why the fuck I'm even fighting it I'm scared to meet new people and, and embrace them and do things, but then I, I get energy off of them. Tyke man, booty swords, racks my aim. Stink name, you know how I go. Big head. Um, it's dope to see the love that you have for your family because it rejuvenates me. It makes me think about the positivity things that I can do myself because sometimes I need motivation. I need somebody to push me in the right direction. I need somebody to show me that there's still love, hope, and light out there in, in this midst of darkness. Because I'm being judged by so many people that nobody's really taking the time to get to understand where I'm coming from, where I've been, and how I got to the point where I'm at today. You see a man that's angry, that's confused, that's trying to numb things, that's trying to run from things. Not run, but not face them fully because it's a fear. My biggest fear was happening my kids not turn out to be decent people, which they are. My biggest fear was being alone. And the biggest drug I ever had was love. And now that I don't have it the way I had it, it disturbs me and hurts me. Since my wife been dead, I didn't punish myself so much. Y'all have no idea. I didn't try to hurt myself physically. I didn't try to hurt myself emotionally. I didn't dealt with people that I shouldn't have dealt with because I felt like I deserved that punishment because I needed that punishment to move forward. In all terms, I didn't. I realized that now. I realized it then, but I didn't care. I wanted to feel the pain that I felt I created, that I was a part of. Now I just want love. I want to be good enough to be viewed in the eyes of people as just me. 
Don't judge me by the outcome. Don't judge me by the way I talk. Don't judge me by the way I look. Get to know me as an individual. We all should do that. I've seen people so strong to lose both parents in a year and still be standing to do everything they can just to have a smile on their face when they're taken for granted left and right, and I've been there. Like, for the longest I said, fuck my brother. And still fuck you. But part of me forgiving me is forgiving you. I let your fears transgress, trans, uh, transfer over to me. The inadequacies, the luster, the wanting of revenge because you weren't happy with yourself. And for that, I forgive you. Because... For me to get better as a person, I got to learn how to do that. I'm not holding a grudge against you no more. I know life kicking your ass enough. I know you see things that you think you saw that you don't see. You think you are, but you're not. And that's cool. I'm not going to live my life like that. Like, I used to tell people buying all my clothes and things I was doing was being more like you to piss you off. But it wasn't. It was being more like Jizzle. Because she's like, man, fuck these bills. Let's go get some shit. Let's go get some clothes. Let's go look good. Let's go do this shit. When in all reality, all she did was worry about me. As much as I worried about her. Which was the hardest thing for me to understand because her battle was so strong. I saw them days ticking down. And I knew it wasn't nothing I could do about it. But I still tried. I brought people around. I tried to get family involved. And I tried my best to, to show her that it wasn't about what she thought it was. But for her, she saw me carrying baggage that it wasn't really baggage to me. It was what I wanted to do. I was happy. As long as she was content, I was content. As long as she could smile, I was, that was the biggest thing for me. Same thing with my kids. That's why every time something bad happened, I always like cracked jokes and laughed it off and like did my stand-up. And they're like, dog, you stupid as fuck. Because I wanted to see them smiles on their faces. That's all I cared about. That's all I care about now. Now, as I try to develop new relationships, I try not to harbor this anger that's pent up inside of me and transform it to them because they deserve better than that. And I'm realizing that so many people never really had that in their lives. And if they did, it was paternal. People don't know how to love. It's a taught thing. It's like people don't know to hate. It's a taught thing. But we do know how to be confused. We're born that way. We're born being unsure of ourselves. Unsure of our feelings. Unsure of how we're going to make it from day to day. And like, that's my thing right now. I don't know how to move forward. I want so much to have this world and, and get this get this certain group of people to understand me. Luckily, Marla has been around in my corner, and I appreciate her for it. She's been there, and she's been seeing a lot of my growth. Same thing with Dario. Thank you, homie. Um, but as far as a romantic level go, it's one person that I'm interested in, and I don't know how to express myself to the motherfucker without being too much or being not enough. And that's what I mean, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough to be me.
Because I done lost my past so much, I forgot how to be me. I mean, I'm not paying by ignoring it, by lashing out, by so many other things and actually just being real. Therapy has helped, but it's something I'm still getting used to because we were told not to share those emotions. You couldn't have. People prayed on them. They did them in a different way. See, here it was like, oh, he say, she say, but there, that could be your life. You know what I mean? Like, I feel so much pain for others that sometimes I block my own pain out. I go looking for it. In the process, yeah, I might help them, but I'm destroying myself. But when it's somebody that's worth that, I fight for it to the fullest. And I understand confusion, because we all been there. I understand doubt, because we all under, we all been there, too. But I just want to be accepted. And that's something I've never really felt. I always felt like I was a man without island. Yeah, I can get down in the hood, but I wasn't hooding up with these cats. I wasn't willing to do the stupid shit to get caught. And that's what they required for you to be quote-unquote hood. I wasn't corporate enough. For corporate, you know what I mean? Not blue collar enough for blue collar. Not a farmer enough for a farmer. I have my, always had my own island. Because I looked at things different than everybody. I viewed them different. I took the human emotion out of a lot of things because we were taught not to use emotions. And if I, when we did that, I just looked at it as a scenario of how I feel, how shit should be done by numbers. Now, with me trying to come out of this cocoon, I worry that I will never be taken seriously because the abuse of, of so much years and strain personally that people take on or the, the fact that people, if you say something, they think you know it all. It's not you know it all. You just want to express how you feel. And if it makes sense, then it does. But you can't be afraid to do that. I'm no longer afraid to be me. I'm no longer afraid to recognize sometimes I won't be good enough. I won't have the answers. I won't be able to understand where my next path is, my next step. I wasted so much time trying to figure this out that I drove myself crazy. I've been giving everybody everything of me out the gate and letting you lose it slowly. Because being guarded has got me nowhere. And to a certain extent, this new um, approach works. But it leaves me open like a motherfucker. And I don't like it because you never know what the other side is thinking. You never know how they're looking and viewing. Like, But I'm content with that. Because I said my piece. I was able to do it and say what I wanted to say and got it out there. So I won't have no regrets. <laughs> Those snicker commercial. When, um... My last day is here. I'm still going to stand tall with my hand up. I'm still going to fight for what I believe is right. And I'm going to be the best person I can be. And hopefully one day that mends the wounds in my family. But that's my, my last fear that I must conquer. Because maybe they won't. And if that's okay, if it don't, I guess. Because that's the way it got to play out. You can't control things.
same way I feel with you. Like, I want so much to have a second chance of love. A second chance of establishing something. Because that's what she wanted. She told me one day, she was like, yo, if something happened to me, I want you to be able to feel this again. And not be jaded by it. And I'm trying my best, but the song and dance, man, it's so hard. It's harder than before because each year go past, the more I become jaded, the more the outside world becomes jaded, the more everybody becomes so cynical. It's so hard to get real reactions and real relationships in any level. So now I'm jaded on a friendship level. I'm jaded romantically. I don't know what I really want as far as my outside plan. Of what I want to do. Because. I don't feel a purpose. I don't feel goals that's worthy of. Honoring those who sacrificed to help me become who I am. I became a better father once I got my stepkids. I became a better man once I got my wife. I've gained knowledge from my grandfathers, my uncles, my moms, and even some of the people I'm around now. I thank y'all for that. And I love y'all who honestly love me. And for those who don't know love, I love you too. Because the only way to fight hate is with love. The only way to fight uncertainty is with, with positivity. Sounds cheesy, but it's true. And I'm not going to give up. I'm going to try my best to establish something with Booty Swords Rex. I only call her that because I don't want people to really know her name too much because I don't want people to try to use that against me to hurt her. And if it don't work, so be it. But at least I gave it my shot. At least I gave it my all. At least I didn't sit back and have the wonders of what if. Because I'm going to be quite real. There's only been a handful of people that I've met since the white passed, to have a glow to him, to have that it factor that you'll want to be connected with on any level. Male, female, like I said, male, friends, relationship, whatever. And Sai was one of them. Marla, even though she's misjudged. Oh, man. Dario. Even confused as Amanda. But a lot of people don't have that because they let it get beat up out of them. When I look at you, T, I see somebody who's stronger than I ever will be because half the shit you've been through alone, I've been crazy for. And I got to stop that button of mine because it drives me fucking crazy because it's worse than any drug. I know you've been not viewed the way you should. People don't understand that certain things shouldn't matter if it's real. Other people look at you as property. It's not how the game goes. You're a strong motherfucker, man. And that even taught me lessons. Because right when I was trying to give up. And when I mean give up, just truly not give a fuck about anything. Because I was feeling like hope is lost. You came in the world. You taught me some shit. I'll forever be grateful for that. Whatever, however it turns out. So, me not being good enough is okay. 
I'm embracing that fact. Me carrying burdens that's not mine. I'm trying to get unload them slowly but surely, but it's something I got to work on. It's something that I'm going to try my best to accomplish. To my moms, man, thank you so much for all the stuff that you did for me because I'm glad because without you, I'd have been fucking lost. I'd have been a demon. My sister, man, hold your head, man. Hold on. I know it's hard for you right now with all the surgeries, all the shit. You got this, girl. And I know it might sound weird for y'all to hear me say shit like this because we don't talk like this. But it's a new day. And for me to heal, got to do it a new way. For me to grow, we got to change, man. Can't keep expecting the old things and the old ways to stay the same. And I'm not judging anybody on a scale of one person. I'm judging you on an individual for you. Yeah, I might see little flags. I might say things, but... It's still you, because everybody got their twist of how they get down. I'm just hoping that I don't end up being a cautionary tale of loneliness, bitterness, and just not giving a fuck. Because that's my biggest battle. That's my biggest fear. I thank Lord for Maggie, man. That's my dog, man. She's been through here and hold me down like nobody else. And I've had a, had a lot of blessings throughout this period. Dennis, Crystal, Steve. But even a blessing can be misused against you. The fear of friendship can be turned in words and ways that people don't understand and see where you're coming from. I'm learning this, and I'm learning how to accept this. And I'm learning how to step forward and try to grow and move forward in life without the fear of not accomplishing something that you want or seeing something that you thought you should have. Everything comes into your life for a reason. Everything leads for a reason. Lessons are learned through the times that you spend there. And to these two days that we live through, which is sun, sun, sunset, we need to understand that nothing's promised to none of us. We all feel uncertainties, and that's okay. Perfection is a false idealisms that we will never have. I still say it wrong, but I couldn't say it. It's tongue tied. I'm done beating myself up over it. I'm going to give it all I got, and that's all I can do. So if I get on your nerves from doing it, oh well. Shinodo, though. I ain't nobody punk. And I don't mean that in the way of I'm threatening anybody. I'm just saying, man. Being gangster. Being hard, being real, is doing those uncomfortable things. Accepting who you are is probably one of the biggest ones. You're not meant to be a welcome mat to anybody. You know, none of us are. And to them people out there corroding the vision of good people, man, stop that bullshit. Because that's going to be the shit that actually in the outcome in the long run fuck somebody up and ruin it for somebody else. That's going to be the shit that caused motherfuckers to snap. So with that being said, man, it's your man, Petey Green, 591-5th. I'm out.